Welcome to the second Yellow Podcast, a place where a Yank, a Scouser and a Beard get together to talk Liverpool, hate on your favourite player and uh, maybe a little bit about the general Premier League. Uh want to introduce, as always, my resident Scouser, Daniel. What's going on? Uh, the resident Yank, DB. Hey guys. Uh, myself, Chris, the Beard. Uh, okay guys, 4-1. What a result. Daniel? Yeah, it was home sweet home for us first game in front of that amazing, beautiful new main stand, and we blew away the champions. I'm pretty made up. Yeah, DB? Boom! Indeed. <laughs> okay, so 4-1. The usual place uh, people would be talking about, oh, Leicester aren't the team they were last year, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I don't believe that. Um, I think Leicester, they're, they're still getting themselves together. I just think we're a force. Um, let's, let's get into it and talk about... Uh, Bobby Firmino and uh, his man of the match performance. We spoke a little bit about him last week and, and Daniel, you've been shouting about him for years. Mm-hmm. That was the type of performance that you were telling us about. Precisely. He was just phenomenal. Pacey, direct. I think this really is his breakout season for us. All right. Yeah, he had a pretty good season last year. I mean, um, I was looking at some of the stats. He has scored the most goals under Klopp. Oh. He has scored oh, 14. Yeah, he scored 14. Sturridge and Coutinho have 13, and Origi has 11. So, big D! Yeah, big D. Uh, so, yeah, with that, with those two goals on Saturday, he took himself to the top of the scoring charge for Klopp. No surprise, he's played a lot more than Sturridge has, but what did you think of, of that position that he was playing, where he wasn't quite on the left? He was kind of, it was more like an inside left, just off Sturridge. Do you mean Coutinho's position? Um, yeah, well, I think, I think he was a bit more central than Coutinho. You know, Coutinho, Coutinho to me is, is more of a that real sort of left-sided attacking midfielder um, where he's, he almost goes to the wing. You know, Coutinho cuts inside to the position, but he would cut inside to the positions that Bobby would be taking up. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of, it's it's almost the same, but I think a bit more central for, for, for Firmino. He was playing where Phil ends up. Yeah. Pretty much like, because Phil likes to get on the ball on the outside and then cut in, and Bob likes to, Bob just stays there. He's like, just give me the ball and I can do whatever. He doesn't have to cut in. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, even talking about his form, um, he, at the minute, he has created 10 chances so far this season with 10 key passes, and then obviously the goals. I give it a 10. A 10. Yeah. <laughs> All the 10s. But yeah, I mean the link up play on <laughs> the link up play was amazing. Him, Sturridge, uh, Firmino. The chemistry between the three was. Oh, the chemistry, yeah, with 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 Mane on the right, and and, and I'm gonna say it, that was that was 2013-14 Sturridge. 
not quite there yet, but he's getting there. If he would have scored a brace, that would have been 13-14. And he had the opportunity to. I, I just, in general, I met with movement and, and, and like, if we talk about that first goal, um, Sturridge chasing back, wins the ball back, plays it back dominionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, ball comes out to the left to uh, Milner. Sturridge busts a gut to pull Wes Morgan he did. out of the way and give the space for Firmino to run into, which we were just talking about. Uh, and Milner played a nice pass, little touch around Huth and put it in the back of the net. That was the kind of movement, the kind of things that Sturridge was doing with Suarez. Oh, with, with Sturridge, you touched on the chemistry before. 13-14, uh, we had the SAS. I think this season we've got a bit of S&M with Sturridge and Mane because that chemistry and link-up play was beautiful, especially for the second goal, that back heel. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that back heel was a mess in them now. Jump in there. You know J- how Jamie Vardy's getting a biopic? Well, if Sturridge gets a biopic, it's going to be a trilogy. First one, okay. SAS. Sequel will yeah. be 50 Shades of Red, SNM. The third one has been yet to be named. <laughs> <laughs> get it made. Let's get a Kickstarter going. Come on. Yeah, we'll get the Kickstarter up. So somebody will pay to see that, Dude, I'll, for sure. All day. <laughs> I, I really like our setup. Everybody was on it. Um, Lalana, Lalana covered more ground than any other I'm going to disagree a little bit. Yeah, he covered more ground, but once again in midfield, he's he's been a bit absent as a midfielder. Yes, he got the goal, and um, yes, he got into the box, but he was still absent as a midfield player. Maybe a little bit higher up the pitch, he had a little bit more effect with his pressing because that's where he normally plays and that's where he presses. But when you get into that second third of the pitch, I didn't notice him as much, to be honest. We, we had a lot of the possession. So we were pressing them hard. We were turning the ball, the ball over a lot. So, I mean, is, is that running around like a headless chicken? Yeah. Or is yes. he actually having an effect? Is it having an effect? The Spurs game, he had also covered more ground than any other player in the Premier League. Then he broke that record um, against another, Leicester. Another match where he was hardly noticed in the midfield. I'm, I, like, I agree. Like, yeah, he covers the most ground and Klopp loves that. Because um, he does get numbers back and he does get numbers forward. But, I mean, that's just desire to run. Is he really being that effective in the midfield three is what I'm asking. Daniel, your thoughts? I, in the first half, I just thought he looked really iffy and awkward in that sentiment position. He couldn't really assert his dominance. And, yeah, just like Dan was saying then, he was pretty much running around like a headless chicken with the pressing. His pressing only works if you press as a unit. He doesn't seem to press as a unit. He'll press by himself. So mm-hmm. again, he's just he's covering the ground, but it's he's not really doing a lot. But in the second half, he played better and he did score a good goal. I'll put it this way: so between Hendo, Wijnaldum, and Lalana, yeah, who gets dropped for Chan? Because one of them three, and I'm not saying Hendo. Thinking the way Klopp will do, I think Klopp will switch out. Wijnaldum and Lalana when Chan comes back. He'll, uh, he'll keep, take both out? I think it'll be... It, he'll he'll inter, interchange. Depending on, on who we're playing, system we want to play. You know? I mean, that system that we had on Saturday worked. I'm saying Wijnaldum because up to now, this season, he's been pretty absent. I mean, he's shown it in glimpses, but he's been pretty absent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Let's talk a little bit about Henderson and his performance on Saturday. Uh, DB, we spoke spoke about it, and, and you thought if it hadn't, if he had scored that goal, the chance that he had at the end, you would have given him man of the match. Oh, in a heartbeat, sir! In a heartbeat. So, so for most of you who don't know, during the thirteen fourteen season, the three of us talked like every day still, and like we've talked every day for the past I don't know how many seasons, and we decided to give Jordan Henderson the nickname Honey Badger. Because he runs and runs, tackles and passes, box to box, and he just don't give a shit. Honey Badger just don't give a fuck, all right? That's why he's Jordan Honey Badger Henderson. And last season, yeah, unfortunately, he got pretty nicked up. But before then, he was pretty much a 9-8 goal uh, season uh, midfielder. So you can't really judge him on that last season because he's never had an injury plague season before. He's... You know, he had healer plantaritis, which took out some of the biggest names in football. It, some of those in, some of those injuries have made, uh, sorry, I mean uh, NFL players, uh, have made them retire. That's how bad that injury is, and it took him a while. And then he had the thing with the knee, and he just could never get into a rhythm, let alone learn Klopp's new system, plus the pressure of him becoming that, not the heir to Gerard, but the you know the new captain, like taking over from a legend, an absolute legend. Yeah, big shoes uh, to fill. Yeah, plus with the new with the manager change, he had a rough season, but he's getting back to it. You know, the first match, yeah, well, he had he actually hadn't really played a full match in how many months, uh, so you can't really give him shit for that. And now he's just getting back into the rhythm of, of the game. He's also learning a new position. Let's not forget when Steven Gerrard uh, took to the CDM. He took a couple games. If anyone remembers that game against Fulham, like. He like he scored that penalty, but him playing in that central defensive role, it took a couple games for him to really get into the hang of that. He didn't just master that position within a like overnight. That took like three to four games to for him to really become the maestro that we remembered him as in that season. Because he ended on a short well, he didn't end on a short note, but he had a really good couple games, especially that Arsenal game. Yeah. But getting back to Henderson. He's also completed the most passes in the Premier League so far. That's right, yeah. And he had a couple passes against Leicester that were magnifique, might I say. <laughs> uh, Daniel, what's your thoughts on, on the Honey Badger's resurgence? Yeah, Dan, just touched on the pass and then. I thought his passes for the second and fourth goals were sublime. Yeah. And like, if he, had, if he hadn't missed that sitter, I think he would have been up there for man of the match. DB just mentioned there uh, the pa- most passes in the Premier League. Um, he has 320 passes completed um, in the league so far this year. Um, second is Fernando at City with 270. 278. I, uh, and Drinkwater, Leicester, 268. So, um, he, you mean he, Fernando or Fernandinho? Uh, I, maybe it's Fernandinho. Yeah, um, but another, another stat as well, he also has the most tackles in the Premier League so far this season. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's... It's going back to that 13-14 year where he was pretty much the guy breaking up the play, being the honey badger, taking the ball off people and then giving it to other people to do what they want with it, you know? How many passes again in Leicester did he break up? Like, I that's, I should have looked at that set ahead of this. But he every time I saw like a pass go forward, Henderson was right there to cut it off. Yep. And if he wasn't, he was right there available for the pass to receive it and get the ball back forward. And let's not forget, he's completed the most passes in a very, very attacking 
uh, system. So it's not like a possession retention system where it's just crab passing left to right, you know, keeping possession, making sure that they don't score. It is trying to get balls forward and into the final third of the pitch for our attackers to do something, to get it in and around the box so we can all crash the box. So for that, I mean, look who's right behind him, Fernandinho, also in a world-class team, considered a world-class player by many. Uh, so much so that that's not even a position uh, Pep even thought to address this season or in any past seasons as well. Because you know Pep has had some say at who City has been signing. Yeah, Because he's been Sterling's number one fan since he got there. DB just touched on there about um, the, the new attacking system. Um, and here's some stats just to, just to clarify how attacking we've been. We hit 100 goals under Klopp in 57 games. 22 different goal scorers. Six of those have been penalties. Three of them have been own goals. So that's what, 92 goals have been scored from open play or free kicks. We've created 64 chances since the league started. And we've also got the most goals in the calendar year. This attack and the play that we've got is, is having an effect. We're now sitting fifth in the league with seven points. We've played three of the top four and we've got seven points from that. That's pretty good. Daniel? Yeah, it's pretty much heavy metal football. It's exactly what we've seen at Dortmund. It was high scoring games. Relentless attack, pressing all over the place. Well, gag and pressing, since it is the buzzword. But yeah, I'm not surprised to be honest. Yeah, and and, and going into the, the actual defensive side of things, Lucas came in. That that kind of worried me a little bit when I saw the lineup. I was like, well, why can Clavin not play? And then we find out that he's recovering from a bit of a knock on his knee. Um, so Lucas is brought in to replace Lovren, who looks like. Maybe Karius was testing his hand out to see if it was working um, and hit him a punch in the face. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Lucas was brought in. Yeah, Lucas was brought in and he looked great. Like, except for that dumb mistake, which I guess looking back shouldn't have counted. Uh, we could get into that later. But, I mean, whenever Lucas has been at center back, has there been any complaints? Like, I feel like every time he's, you don't notice him at center back, like, at fault wise, as you do. Uh, when he plays in the midfield, at least. Uh, so, I mean, it's, he's fine, and it was a dumb mistake, and it was short notice, and it was really his first match back. Uh, he had a couple of minutes in the U21s earlier, earlier in the week, but he had no idea. He had, wasn't even preparing to play. I don't even think he was preparing to be on the bench, and then last minute, he got called up. And I just have a little problem with that. Tiago Lori was fit as hell. <laughs> he should have been played in. Just saying. Just saying. Klopp, where's your head at? Uh, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to play a centre-mid, centre-back, what was that famous quote that Gerard said? Oh, all the best. That's what you're going to get. You've got to expect things like that when you're playing a player that far out of position. I mean, yeah, Lucas has played it before, but he's never a natural centre-back. Like Dan said, you could at least throw in a centre-back, whether it's a lorry or even a kid from, like, the under-23s. Uh, he, he, he actually played very... Apart from the mistake, I have no complaints. I think the only thing he struggles with at centre-back is um, winning the ball in the air. Um, we oh, actually... no, 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 no. Right, one thing I've always said about Lucas is, is that he's so underrated when it comes to his aerial ability. If you, I think it was a yeah. start. I think it was either last season or the season before. He won, like, the most aerial duels in the Premier League, which was just insane. Yeah, he's got, he's got some hop, but... Uh, no, Lucas at center back, I have no problem with. Like, you're going to expect, like, a problem with two. That goal really was, shouldn't have counted, and we'll get into that later, like I said. Uh, but, you know, like, 
whenever he's played, I've never heard a big complaint about Lucas at center back. He's probably a, a much we would probably read him much better at a center back at, than as a midfielder, t- to be perfectly honest. Yeah, possibly. Um, I have to say, I, I, I'm growing very fond of the little bit of his, uh, the social media stuff off the charts, especially the thing with and then We need an octagon, UFC 205. Yeah. Um, Make it happen. And, and then, obviously, after his mistake on Saturday, um, he was asked the question what he thought about it, and he said it was his first assist in 10 years. <laughs> I mean, you got to love him for that, you know. Um, but uh, this is the thing. According to Howard Webb, every every Liverpool player uh, supporter's favourite referee or ex-referee, um, the goal shouldn't have been allowed. So apparently, um, before the ball left the box, Okazaki was in the box. Uh, which means he was the per- the person that put the pressure on uh, on Lucas to make him uh, have the mistake. Liverpool getting screwed by a ref? No. <laughs> yeah, man. No. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> what is this tomfoolery you speak of? Liverpool as a club in a city, right, has always been very independent of the FA of England. It's just been very so. Whenever it comes to bureaucracy or officials or. And the EU. And the EU, sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't, don't give me any Brexit shit. <laughs> don't just pull saying. me into that. Don't pull me into any of that Sunderland crap. So, uh, yeah, getting away from the game, um, and let's get on to uh, some other kind of touchy subjects. There's been a lot of talk about Michael Owen and his role with the club and how, you know, the majority of fans... Are uh, calling him Judas, and uh, and I don't like the guy. Uh, it, when he played for Liverpool, I, I I thought he was amazing. Uh, but his choice to go to United, and now this story that has come out where he has said, "Oh, I phoned Cara, and I got Cara to ask Rafa this, and then I got him to ask Brandon, and then I got him to ask Jurgen, and blah blah blah, or whatever. I don't know. There was he mentioned off all these managers' names, and the one he left out was Roy Hodgson, Daniel." Oh my God, where do I start? Jesus Christ. And did you see his tweet the other day? He said, I like the way Klopp clears out players he doesn't need. No messing, nothing worse than having senior pros floating around not contributing. Oh, the fucking irony. (laughs) What did he do at Newcastle? He hung around when he wasn't needed, when he wasn't wanted. When he went to United, he was happy to stay stay as fifth choice and pick up a wage. And why did he go to Stoke again? Again, he was a senior pro floating around not contributing. He's a hypocrite. And as for him being a Judas, I found this interview from 2009 with the BBC when he was signed for United. I had just begun to talk to other clubs when out of the blue. Sir Alex phoned me on Wednesday afternoon, invited me to have breakfast with him next morning, during which he told me that he wanted to sign me. I agreed without a moment's thought. This is a fantastic opportunity for me and I intend to see to it both hands. There we go. He agreed without a moment's thought. No one forced him to go to United. He had other clubs. He's always a Judas in my eyes. He just <laughs> he needs to TV. he needs to shut up. Seriously. Question. Do you think they had bacon and whiskey at that breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. So uh, yeah, DB, uh, what's your thoughts on on the Michael Owen thing? Uh, if you ever been into the cafeteria at Melwood, he used to Stephen Glansberg. He's pretty easy to spot out. And by Stephen Glansberg, for those who haven't seen the movie Superbad, uh, there's a 
scene in the movie where you're gonna make me eat alone like Stephen fucking Glansberg. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's Michael Owen sitting at the table alone. He is the Stephen Glansberg. So Stephen Glansberg is a universal name for the kid who eats alone at the lunch table because no one fucking likes him. <laughs> All right. He's still around, yeah. but he eats alone. No one likes. I him. just even I, I just don't understand how you know. I mean, he left and he went to Madrid. It didn't work out. He, you know, and obviously the whole thing with Daniel was saying about the quotes and all that sort of stuff. But it just, it it kills me to see a player like him uh, or someone like him bumming and blowing about Manchester United all the time. You never hear him talk about Liverpool like that. And that that's what really pisses me off. I mean, it's probably the fact that he was an Evertonian as a kid, but still, you know, that, that just, that's supposed to be an ambassador for your club. You know? Oh, and everyone forgets the terms in which he left in. When he left for Madrid, he ran down his contract, yep. so he got sold for eight million. I'm not being funny or nothing, but how can he expect us to pay sixteen million for him, which was double than what we sold him for? Exactly. No, so, sorry, no sympathy for him. I don't get why he's a club's ambassador. He's like one of the worst examples to represent the club. He's a Judas. I'd have taken Torres as an ambassador before Owen. Liverpool does do a lot of charity. That's probably the reason why. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, he's really charitable. Sits there picking up a wage, doing nothing. <laughs> well, let, let's let's uh, let's jump off one bit of hatred onto some other hatred. Um, El Haji Youf. <laughs> you remember him? El Dick Faith General. <laughs> yes. So, Youf um, did an interview with uh, the Keep in France and uh, talking about Mr. Mario Balotelli who scored twice for uh, Nice on his debut. Uh, so this is what Diouf told the keep. And I am paraphrasing here. So I told him not to go to Liverpool. It wasn't made for him. The things couldn't go well with Gerard, who has never had his talent and then said nev- negative things about him. Gerard is a jealous man who doesn't like men of character. Mario is a good person that you should listen to. He's not a guy who's going to cause problems in the dressing room. He told him not to go to Liverpool. Like, did he leave a comment on Mario's Instagram or something? Because who the fuck still talks to that guy? <laughs> who the hell, besides clickbait sites, who probably just make up half the quotes he says anyways. Like, who the hell still speaks to do? Like, he's in the Philippines, like, playing for shit money. Like, I don't even know what the fuck he's doing this day. He is a waste of talent, talent and life, in my opinion. He's a joke. Like, just get him the fuck out of there. It's Alex Chuf. Who cares about his opinion? I mean, he's—I hate him. Everyone hates him. I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. Can't stand him. All right. So, and this oh, is I... the thing. And this, <laughs> this, this is all born off the back of Balotelli's comments about Kara, and the and the back and forth between those two. Um, oh, dude, I fucking love that. That's awesome. I love both of them for that. Like they're both banter. But Balotelli, Balotelli like has turned around and said, moving to Liverpool was the worst decision of his career. Yeah, he said besides the fan, like besides the fans and the people of Liverpool, like yeah, the move was horrible. I didn't really get a chance to play yeah. the team. I like didn't get along with the managers, and he didn't get along with some of the officials at the club. And he like like that was that hard to tell. Yeah, it didn't. And work here's out. the thing. Here's the thing. Um, we never actually wanted him in the first place. It was him or Edo. You know what I mean? Tell that to the fans waiting outside Melwood when he arrived. You know. I I mean. It, it was a decision that had to be made. Uh, I mean, I personally would have gone with John Joe Shelby in the false nine, but uh, <laughs> yeah, decisions have to be made. And I have no problem um, with Mario saying that because in his career, 
he like his time at Liverpool was the worst performances, worst time period he's ever had at a club. Like, can, can you tell me? Can you tell me he had a worse? He's had worse chances at uh, other clubs. He he competed for the trouble with Inter and Jose. He won probably one of the most notorious Premier League titles ever with City. Uh, then he went back to AC Milan, his hometown club. Yeah, he had some incidents with the fans and the racism there, but he still was like a 20-goal scorer that season. And then he comes to Liverpool, doesn't have a good run, uh, never gets played properly by Brendan Rodgers, who's trying to use him as a Suarez, and he's never going to be a Suarez. And then he gets loaned out back to AC Milan. He has a couple injuries, and then he comes back to Klopp, and Klopp's like, Listen, dude, I like can't play in the preseason because I need the players who are going to actually be here to get the preseason experience, but I'll get you as fit as I can, but I can't take you long to America because you'll distract everyone. And I guess he took that the wrong way, and so did his agent. But you know what? Like, what the, fa- the facts are, you can't argue that hit the worst point of his career was Liverpool. He never said anything bad about the fans. He never said anything bad about like um, anything personal. He just didn't get along with the managers. He said, like, Ibra, he's like, He's like, Ibra can be calm around anyone. I can't be like that. And because of that, I couldn't work with Brendan or, or Jurgen. That's fair enough. Daniel? Yeah, with Balotelli, I think it's the case of, like, wrong place, wrong time. Balotelli's the sort of player you've got to build the team around almost. He's not a cog in the engine. He has to be the engine. But like Dan said, he's not a Suarez. He can't lead the lineup from by himself. He needs either a strike partner or bodies in and around him. And you You've seen him. You've seen what the outcome was when he played under Rogers. I feel sorry for the guy, almost. I mean, again, no one should take anything bad out of context, but I've seen some fans having a go at him saying he's the worst mistake in Liverpool's 125-year history, no, no, no. <laughs> which is a little bit harsh. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little <laughs> they, bit harsh. Do they remember Do Did they remember Paulson? Do they remember Paul Kaczewski? <laughs> do they remember Hodgson? <laughs> There's always going to be naysayers out there. There's always somebody trying to put Liverpool down. But let's get back to the positive. The new stand uh, looked absolutely phenomenal. And, and I can't wait now to see them redevelop the rest. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently uh, apparently they're moving forward with Annie Road redevelopment. Like uh, They had an announcement, I think, like 10 days ago. Uh, apparently, when they first started the redevelopment, they had a lot of problems with the board. But now, I guess some of the there's been some changes to the board or something and they're more familiar with the board and it's like, they feel like it's going to be a lot easier progress now that they've actually redeveloped the main stand. So they apparently they're, they are going to move forward with progress. Um, that doesn't mean breaking ground or anything. That means like planning and getting per, like permits and it'll still probably be like three years out maybe. But yeah, I, I can't wait. I think they'll keep the cop as is. And then Centennial is already kind of built up. Um, it could probably use a reno, but I hope they change from the sands to be dedicated to Williams or the 96, something like that. Either like the Centennial or the Anfield Road or the main stand. I, don't, I think they'll sell the main stand rights. So probably Centennial or, or any road sand should be dedicated to one of the two. But I, I hope something happens like that. Um, if not, that, did, you, did you watch? Does anyone else follow the Snapchats a little? Sometimes. They're, no, none. They, they were like showing off the new fan zones outside. And the sh- they have a street food area now. And the burger they pulled out and handed to someone on the Snapchat. Oh, <laughs> give me now. Give me now. Well, hey, you, Can I have right got, now? You've got that to look forward to when you head over there. Um, 
Yeah, and there's just a lot more room to when people exit to hang out or when you get there to hang out. It's not just like get off the coach and go right in. Um, it, it, I feel like it's more of a welcoming experience, and it's not just like Anfield pops up out of the, out of nowhere. It looks it looks really great, and they did follow through. I think we spoke about this on a previous podcast with uh, fifty people, fifty ticket holders getting to uh, welcome in the players. I noticed that. I didn't see anyone give Leverna a uh, marriage counseling card. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Did you see anyone punch him? That's how he got the black eye. <laughs> I didn't know you were at the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. Um, let's talk a little bit about other results around the Premier League and uh, what's happening with Fantasy League. It's getting competitive. We're four weeks in. Let's talk quickly about the Manchester Derby. Man United beat at home. I couldn't be happier. Oh, yeah. You got to love when United gets beat at home. But it was a good derby. You got to give that. I mean, big names, big players, people showing up. Pug was not hey, showing City up. City did it without Aguero. Yeah, you got to give them that too. Um, I had, I had, I only had one player in that game. That was Nolito. Um, I was expecting him to get some goals, but obviously not. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne, like I didn't have him, but like he kind of just shat all over Pogba. Oh. He's like, this is... This is the midfielder that you need. Um, like, he was box-to-box, putting in defensive duties, and then getting up into the line, even playing as a false nine at once, responsible for both city goals, just almost put in a third himself off the post. He he had a game and a half. Did you guys get any points from that um, from that game? I got a point from Stones. That's about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I, I got I from Stones. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. put Stones on the bench. Uh, just... That's just just because I thought, yeah, you know, I mean, United at home, you never know what way it's going to go with the derby and the defenders are always the guys that end up being, you know, guys in trouble. So I thought I'll take him out because it's too risky to to play him. And Honestly, my bench is way too weak to you. And then, and then even <laughs> even when I did take him off, the rest of my defenders um, either equaled the score or outscored him anyway. So it, it didn't really uh, yeah. change anything for me. But but did you? Uh, win the week? I think I won the week. I'm not sure. No, oh, you didn't. That's today. right. Yeah. We're recording this yeah. Monday after the Everton game, and guess who brought in Lukaku as their captain to replace Aguero during his ban? This guy, <laughs> DB. Yeah. Sixty-nine points right now before the yeah. bonus. No, the bonuses are right. Bonuses already done because I got an assist for Balazi today. That would have been six points. He's now got seven, so we got a bonus. Let's update the um, so I, I got I got sixty seven points this week. Let's update the pain. <laughs> Daniel, I think I'm gonna be ahead of you now. Oh I got forty three points Ooh. this week. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Seventy five till I die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm no longer bottom guys. Kieran. Oof. Shout out to Kieran. Um yeah, Kieran. Kieran is now bottom. I, my 59, 59 points? I thought it was 67. Whatever, I think this is behind. But I, I'm a couple of points ahead of Kieran now. So uh, that's all good. He only got 41 points. So I'm happy about that. And then, you're, and then uh, Daniel, your uh, captain's going against us this this week. So mm, and I might change it. I might change my captain. Yeah. I... Um, I well, sure. I, I played uh, Costa as my captain because he always scores against Swansea. And um, 
yeah, he he didn't fail. He scored me twenty four points this week. I had him as you know, so it's uh, that helped. And I had Manny as my vice captain, so I got twelve points from him. So pretty happy with thirty six points from two players. Um, I had Mane and Bobby Ooh, Firmino nice. both in my team, and then I also had Callum Wilson, probably with my favorite goal of the weekend. I mean, let's just talk about yeah. goals real quick. Uh, Callum Wilson was personally my favorite goal of the season, or not of the season of the weekend because I had him <laughs> in my fantasy team. Mane and Firmino had some nice uh, goals in place, but Callum Wilson's back heel was yeah, that was ridiculous. And, and it was also nice to see him like get back into that goal. Yeah, scoring. and that um, I have Benteke as well. He got his first goal for uh, for Palace. Is it weird that I feel more like uh, that? Like I'm happier that Mario got his brace than Benteke got a goal. Uh, hey, that's a personal thing for you, dude. What was your favorite goal? Of the, of uh, my boys? favorite. Um, <clears throat> I like the Callum Wilson one because that that was beautiful skill. But I, I I'm always one for a screamer, and uh, I I gotta say um, it's a toss up. Between Lalana or Stephen Darfour for Burnley, Daniel, you have a favorite goal. My favorite goal of the weekend was Firmino's first goal because um, it was the first goal in front of the new main stand. So you know, something he, to cherish. He didn't even run to it. He ran to the Centennial stand. I was like, why? <laughs> Did you he notice? Was even, he was already in the momentum of going towards the main stand in the cop corner, but he goes to the Centennial stand. Did you notice? Oh. I, I can't remember if it was his first goal or his second goal. He goes to take his shirt off. He lifts it up to like like his chest, and he's like, "Oh yeah, shit, I saw no, that. no, no!" And then he drops he it back down like straight away. I, I wonder did someone actually? He's like, "Yeah, no." I, want, I wonder did someone no, did Sturridge actually say something to him? Because it looked like Sturridge actually said, "Don't do it." He's like the girl who like gets really drunk on spring break and is about to flash <laughs> everyone at Mardi Gras, but then realizes her pa- her parents are like down the street and she's like, no, 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 no. Or like a girl at a music festival when they're on some guy's shoulders and then the camera pans to them and they yeah. do that and they lift his shirt up. And then the friend's like, no, and pulls it down. <laughs> All right. Um, if you'd like to join us on our fantasy football, um, you can hit us up on our social medias. It's at Second Yellow Podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, that's second with a two nd, and on Twitter we are two nd underscore yellow second yellow second underscore yellow on Twitter. Um, we have our league code up there if you want to join us. We've already got a couple of guys have joined in, a few United fans actually. Um, yeah, so we need you guys to kick their ass, just in case. So we're gonna move on to. Uh, my favorite part of the podcast, and that is the football face-off. I will give the guys uh, a question. They have 30 seconds to argue their point. I will decide on the argument, not on my personal feelings. DB, he won last week. Daniel is looking for a bit of revenge. When the 30 seconds is up, you'll hear this sound. I like it. And we start with the first question. Who has been Liverpool's best player so far this season? Daniel. I'm going to let you go first. Your time starts now. I think Liverpool's best player so far this season is none other than Bobby Firmino. He's created the most chances for us, and he's our joint top goal scorer, and he's been incredibly influential in the way we played this season. Did I just do that in, like, 15 seconds? All right. Uh, okay, DB, you're a player of the, of the season so far. So easy. Sadio Mane. Simple enough. 
look at the game he didn't play. It's the only game we've lost this season. Also, Mane's pace and skill and just uh, ability to get in fr uh, past defenders is the reason why Firmino's been how he's been. It's because of uh, the threat of Mane really gives Bobby the space to maneuver. If it wasn't for Mane and his threat on goal and pace, Firmino wouldn't even have the opportunities he's had so far. I like it. All right. Decent arguments there. I'm going to give you one, one more little bit of a rebuttal. So, Daniel, convince me for Firmino. Firmino's been incredibly influential in the way we attack and not only in the way we attack from when we defend from the front as well because he's always the first guy bar the last game who's pressing from the start at the front. All right. How many points do we have from Mane playing? Seven. How many points do we have from Mane not playing? Zero. I got to side with DB on this one. I think Mane... Just, just edges for me, you know, uh, so far that he's been more consistent. Right? Um, Give me the belt! <laughs> right now! Give it so, to uh, me! Yeah, the first round goes to DB. Sadio Mane wanting a goal for himself. Oh, yeah, what a glorious goal he's got! Next question. And this was a pretty contentious one at the weekend. Um, our little magician was left out of the starting lineup. Uh, does he go back into the starting eleven against Chelsea? DB, I'll let you go first. No. Did you see how well that front three worked together? Unless we're changing formations, uh, Coutinho has no place uh, in the team right now until someone needs to come out. When you think about it, uh, look at the the first goal. Proof enough. Look at Surge pulling. Uh, Morgan away to let Firmino go into the space. Easy enough. That's all I need to know. Look at the experience. Look at the uh, chemistry that Mane and Firmino and Sturridge have had. Look at the link up between Firmino and Mane and how much they've had it all season. Coutinho's like been it. the odd man left out due to the Olympics. Oh, that's time. That's all right. <laughs> um, Daniel, you're going to put him back in. Your time starts now. Should Coutinho get back into the Liverpool team? One thousand percent. He's one of our best players, and you could easily he could easily take the place of Wijnaldum or Alana. Wijnaldum's been pretty absent. Coutinho could take his place. He offers a different dimension in the midfield with his amazing through balls and the ability to score a screamer from pretty much anywhere. I like it. All right, um, DV, you got one more chance to convince me why Phil doesn't go into the team. Phil doesn't get back into the team because don't fix what's not broken. Yeah, he could go into the midfield, but is he like an out-and-out box-to-box midfielder? No, he's an attacking uh, midfielder, either on the left or in the 10. Uh, he shouldn't be in the midfield. I wouldn't even want to risk him against the midfielders of Conte and Matic uh, playing against them. Yes, he, sh he should definitely come off the bench, but he's had too much time off. All right, and Daniel? Is Lalana a box-to-box midfielder? Not really. He's sort of in a similar mold to Coutinho, only Coutinho is like two levels above him. So, yeah, you could take Lalana out, put Coutinho in, or even Wijnaldum. All right. And his link-up well, play with Firmino is something to... It's beautiful. Well, not... All right. So, uh, yeah, I got to say, um, just that little... That last little note um, of the interplay between Firmino and Coutinho, I think, just swung the argument in Daniel's favour. Um, so, well, I have to say, I have to give the second round to Daniel. Coutinho tries again. That's nice. Now then, Felipe Coutinho for Liverpool! Fantastic finish! He kept a calm head when a calm head was most needed! You, uh, you set me up good for that one. 
<laughs> put him in the midfield, and then you, and then when I say don't, you can't put him in the midfield, you hit me with the fucking Lallana. Yeah. Check and mate. Yeah, that was that was very chess like. <laughs> All right, okay, so this will be an interesting one, because um, I have I have some thoughts on this as well. So um, it'll be interesting to hear your, the answer to your question on this one. Uh, okay, so which player who used to play for us and who is still in the Premier League would you take back? Would you like for to play for us again? Uh, DB, who would you go for? I would say Joe Allen, but with the way our midfield's been, he doesn't really have a place for it. So I gotta go the snake, Raheem Sterling. He's got pace to back up Mane. Yes, his finishing isn't as good as Mane. Uh, Klopp loves to turn uh, young players into world beaters. He also has a pace and the defensive pace and intel- intelligence to do that. I like it. <laughs> All right, Daniel. I've gone from the op- from Dan's end of the pitch to the opposite end of the pitch. I believe Daniel Ayala, who plays for Middlesbrough, would be a decent addition for us. We've got a little bit of a defensive crisis at the moment, and Ayala's pretty comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's Premier League proven, everyone's favourite buzzword at the minute. And he's a really, really good aerial threat. I'd say he's an upgrade on Lovren, if I'm going to be honest. He's off the team. So. I like it. All right. Uh, okay, DB, uh, one more chance to convince me on Raheem the Snake Sterling. Uh, I don't need to convince you of Raheem Sterling. I just need to deconvince you of Daniel Ayala. First of all, we have Lucas, who, yeah, that we had that goal, but it shouldn't have counted. And he, no one had any other problems any other time. So he had center back. And we also have Thiago fucking Aluri, and that's all I need to say. <laughs> All right, uh, Daniel. Raheem Sterling's a prick. Case closed. Uh, <laughs> he is a prick. He is a prick, but he's a fucking fast prick. Yeah, this. Oh, and AD Ward, and AD uh, Ward. Yeah. Never forget oh. AD Ward. No, no, he, that's not part of the question. That he doesn't have to have the Asian come back. He brings baggage. He brings baggage. No, no. More baggage than his twenty-eight kids. <laughs> Nah, you beat me to the kid joke, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was about to say the kids. All right, um, yeah, hey, okay, hey, so. Hey, we just said the player. We didn't have to say the agent. We just said what player would you have back, not agent right. would you have but back. the damage he done to the club, <sighs> think about it, all the damage limitations the club had to do, <laughs> that interview with the BBC. Yeah, I'd be like taking Torres right, right. back. Time's up. Whatever, time we have wrong. our PRs on time, salary, time's up, time's up. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, that, that's a tough one. For argument's sake, um, having a player back, I, the question was based on um, playing and being in the team and stuff like that. So I got a side with DB on this one. All right, we're going to move on to the speed round. I want to give you a question and I'm going to give you two answers and you're going to shout out which side you want to fight for. And you'll have a, a, a quick sack to fight your corner. Our first question is, who wears them better? And we're talking about glasses here. Kornmeyer or Klopp? Klopp. All right. Who? Oh, the yeah. fitness coach. <laughs> DB, why does Klopp wear them better? Uh, Klopp wears them so well that they pop off his head. I mean, Klopp is known for his glasses. The only reason why you even notice the fitness coach's glasses is because they look similar to Klopp's. Because Klopp's glasses are so iconic, they're so hipster, they're so Klopp, that there's only one person that you could see an outline of a sun of glasses of red and yellow on a freaking flag and not think it's McDonald's. And that's Klopp. Daniel, Kornmeyer, 
this I'm just looking at a pitch from now because I actually don't know what he looks like, but he looks like a Klopp Jr. a little bit. It's a little bit scary. Um, I can't really defend him because Cormier doesn't have um, t-shirts with glasses on like Klopp does, so I'm going to concede this. Oh! I have, I have no idea. All right. Uh, Didn't even notice him, to be honest. You got to win the next two, bud. You got to win the next two. To <laughs> All right, yeah, Daniel, the pressure's right, on. Put it, put it to a tiebreaker. The, the pressure is on. All right, so... Did you see the first goal when they uh, both jumped up at the same time? It was a little creepy. <laughs> it was. They were, they it were was. twinning. But you could have argued that Klopp can't keep his glasses on his face. So, you know. But, uh, yeah. So the f- yeah, but I want that. I, I want a manager to jump up and go wild and his yeah. glasses fly off. <laughs> you could Don't just say who on. wears them better. Klopp barely wears <laughs> exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next question. This one's a bit of a steady eddy. We have some players that are considered consistent. So who is the more consistent? James Milner or Nathaniel Klein? James Milner. All right, DB, 15 seconds to convince me. Uh, super easy. James Milner, he might not always be the best. I will say that Klein does have better games a lot more often than Milner, but Milner's games are pretty much all the same. He gets up, he puts in crosses, and then whenever he tries to cut back or cut into the box, he slips on his ass. He's the worst okay. athlete to ever have as a as all a right. boot athlete. Uh, okay, Daniel, Nathaniel Klein, 15 seconds, go. He makes the least mistakes out of our defenders. That's all you've got? Yeah. That hit me with that one. I wasn't expecting that. I like it. All right. Um, I mean, that that was pretty feeble. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 2-0 DB. All right. Are you ready? Pep or Jose? Pep. Jose. Jose. All right. Shout to my house down for no reason. <laughs> Daniel, 15 seconds on Pep. Guy's done it all. He's built at Barcelona. Everyone was... Slating them, thinking, oh, can he do it at Bayern? Done it at Bayern. And you've seen him up so far with City right now. I mean, I do love the Pep and Jose rivalry, but, I mean, come on. I would bring up his book if you could read it, but no, can't. All right, uh, DB, you got 15 seconds on Jose. Between the two of them, he's the only manager of the two to win two different Champions League with two different teams. He's done it with a big team in Inter and a small team in Porto, or a smaller team in Porto that he built up. And he also didn't have the best player in the world at the time. Right. A maximum of three words. Daniel, three words on Pep Guardiola. Ticket tacker. All right, that's two words. Uh, you got one more. Boom. <laughs> that's Klops. <laughs> yeah, wrong manager. Should lose All right, DB, three words to describe Jose. Okay, I'm not, uh, I just need to describe my description. This is, uh... this is more than three words. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, referee. This is more than three words. DB, <laughs> three words on uh, Jose. I have nothing to say. I have <laughs> nothing to say. Again, I have to give that one to DB. Clean sweep. Again. Two weeks in a row, Daniel. What, what's going on? Two for two. Sadio Mane wanting a goal for himself. What a glorious goal he's Daniel, come on, dude. I just, they were, they, them questions were curveballs. I was like, well, what? that's the point, dude. That's, and that's, then... All right, guys. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, my LFC Orlando crew, who I watched the game with uh, at the weekend. Turning into a, quite the little club down there. Uh, at the Harp and Kelt in Orlando. So if you're ever in Orlando and you want to get some good traditional Irish food and the best pint of Guinness, the Harp and Kelt's a place to go. Guys, have you any shout-outs? I've got one. Um, Lucas today surprised a, a, a pancreatic cancer patient today at the Willowbrook Hospice and the patient was just gobsmacked. At, it's on the Liverpool Echo website if you want to watch the video and just awesome. goes to show how much of a great guy awesome. Lucas is. I'll have to, uh... Sound of shit. Sound of shit that he I'll have to check him. that out. Uh, yeah, and I want to give a shout out to some other groups as well. We've got uh, USA Cop, 
uh, on Facebook uh, and uh, a couple of those guys been fairly uh, supportive of what we're doing here. So I'd just like to give those guys a shout out. Thank you, DB. Thanks, man. Uh, I hope to uh, protect my belt <laughs> next week. Daniel. You're welcome. I'm coming for that belt, boy. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll keep a hold of this imaginary belt. I'm going to sign off. Uh, me, Chris, <laughs> the beard. Uh, you'll never walk alone. Thank you.